Our text for today comes from Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. All right. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good. No, no one's got an excessive amount of water in their basement or anything of that nature? Okay, good. This is good. This is good. So this week, we are hopping back into a series that if you were, you've been with us for a little while, we started a couple weeks back uh, on the Ten Commandments. Who knows what the Ten Commandments are? You can raise your hand. The reason I said you could raise your hand because most people do and no one feels bad. Right? That's what it is. So uh, we covered the first four commandments, and today we're hopping back into uh, there with the fifth commandment. The fifth commandment, which as Ashley read, is honor your father and your mother. I don't have coffee today because the coffee is broken, so I LaCroix, okay? <laughs> Just know that. Uh, the the fifth commandment, which is honor your father and mother. And during our series on the Ten Commandments, when we were talking about this a couple weeks back, we talked about how these ten laws were given to the people of Israel. They were given to the people of Israel by God immediately following their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt, and God delivered them through a myriad of things uh, using the prophet Moses. And Pharaoh had just allowed them to leave, but then he changed his mind and he went after them. And this whole thing at the Red Sea happened, the parting of the Red Sea and the Israelites walking through and all of that. And that just gets done. The, the Israelites are on the other side of the Red Sea in the middle of the desert at the bottom of a mountain. And Moses goes up the top of the mountain to meet with God. And he comes down the mountain with these ten laws, these ten commandments. And these commandments were meant to be for the people of Israel, and they were meant to form them, to form them in a very specific way. Because remember, they had just been released out of hundreds of years of slavery. They had no definable identity or governing structure, right? They were just a group of people in the desert. It was like Burning Man, kind of. Uh, they were, see, nobody gets that joke. They were stranded in the desert, not knowing what to do next. And God gives these commandments to them as a way of telling them, this is who you are. This is who you are, and this is what you do, and this is what my people do. You are my people, and this is what my people look like. They look like this. And as we looked over the last few weeks, the first four commandments, the Ten Commandments are broken down into a kind of interesting structure. The first four commandments are about the ways in which Israel was called to relate to God, Right? So in the first four commandments, they were first told that they were to have, uh, they were to worship the Lord alone, that they were to have no other gods, right? Then they were told that they could not uh, involve any idols in their worship of God, and that they were not to involve any other idols in their regular uh, worshiping life. Then he tells them that they are, hold, they are to hold the name of, the, uh, the name of God, the Yahweh, in high esteem, and that they weren't to use it in vain or take it in vain. And fourth, he tells them that they are to set aside a day of the week for worship or, or for Sabbath, for rest, recuperation, and for worship. These are all about the ways in which the people of Israel relate to God. This is what God is telling them in the first four commandments. But then he gets to the fifth commandment, and then there is a kind of transition, isn't there? There's a kind of shift. 
Because in the fifth commandment, God begins to communicate to the people about how they should relate to one another, how they are all going to get along, right? And commandments 5 through 10 are about how the people of Israel should relate to each other, how they should relate to each other. Because if you're with a group of people in the desert, you need to have a couple of guidelines in order to figure out how you are going to get along. Because if you don't have any guidelines, if you don't have any commandments, if you don't have any rules, things will probably not go well. Who was made to read the Lord of the Flies in, in like seventh grade like I was, right? Most of you probably should have. It's a classic American text. Uh, that's what happens if you don't have any commandments, just for the record, all right? You do, you impale one another, basically. And in this section, God begins with probably what is one of the most formative relationships in any of our lives. He starts at the base of our relationships and kind of builds up from there about how we are to conduct ourselves in society, how we are to act, how we are to be. And he begins in verse, in verse 12 of chapter 20 of Exodus by saying this, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that the Lord is giving you. Now, God is taking them out of Egypt and he's taking them into the land. He has, pro he has promised to prosper them there, to give, to give them some property where they can uh, set up camp and actually be God's people. And he's saying, if you want your life to be long there, if you want this thing to go well, here's where you start. At this foundational level, after all of these, after the first four commandments about the ways in which we are to properly relate ourselves to God, you better honor your mom and your dad. You better honor your mom and your dad, otherwise it will probably not go well. So why does he say this? Why does God start with this relationship between parents and children, right? Why doesn't he start with the relationships between husbands and wives? If you read the book of Genesis, the very first human relationship was a relationship between a man and a woman. Why does God not start there? That seems to be the foundational relationship in society, right? Why, when he begins to talk about what God's people, how God's people should relate to each other, does he start with their relationship to their parents? And why does he not address parents in this commandment, but rather he addresses children, he does not say, parents, be nice to your kids and help them to grow into adulthood. That's not what he says. He says, honor your father and your mother. And I think, and by the way, my parents were here yesterday and they left for this because they didn't want to hear it. But uh, I think there are probably two reasons for this. I think there are probably two reasons for this. First, the first reason is that not everyone is a parent. Surprise, surprise, Right? We are not all married, and we do not all have kids, but we all have parents, and we all are somebody's kid, aren't we? Unless you're a robot, and then you can leave. And if you are going to structure society as a whole, instructing people about how they should treat their parents is a pretty foundational piece of that, right? It's a pretty great place to begin, because we all have parents, and we all relate to them in one way or another, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is, and it's probably more important than the first actually, which is that biblically the honor and respect that you show to your parents is second only to the honor and respect you show God. And it, in a way, learning to honor your parents gets you a long way down the line of helping you to learn what it means to honor God. Jesus talks about God as being a heavenly father. 
And multiple times in the Old Testament, God is described in this filial language, this family language. And this language is not just reserved for father, even. In the Old Testament, we even hear God being spoken of with feminine characteristics, as a mother. In Hosea 11, you you could look on the screen, uh, when... This is what it says in Isaiah chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. When Isaiah was a child, I loved him. Oh, sorry. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to the Baals, and they burned incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms. But they did not recognize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts up a little child to the cheek, and I bent down to feed them, right? This is a a feminine image that God is using to speak of himself, the way he nurtures Israel. So there is something intrinsic baked into the fabric of God's creation. Learning to honor our parents teaches us how to honor and relate to God. But the question may be, why are we commanded to honor our parents? Why, why, right? Because universally, uh, God is not saying that we should uh, necessarily love our parents here, is he? He's not saying that we should obey our parents. He's saying we should honor our parents. And it's an interesting thing to say. We need to honor our parents But how are we supposed to practically go about doing that? And what does it actually mean, right? What does it mean to honor our parents? Honor is a word that we're not very familiar with in the West, to be honest with you. We don't, we're not an honor culture primarily. And so what does it mean to honor someone, right? We have to ask that question if we're really going to get to the bottom of what this command is telling us to do. So what is honor? And I think the best way to begin defining what honor is, is by defining what it's not, again, Because there are a lot of feelings that get mixed up and turned around in our heads when we talk about honor, and particularly when we talk about this idea of honoring our parents. Because biblically speaking, honor is not trust. It's not the trust of your parents. You don't have, God doesn't command you to trust your parents. It does not say feel affection for your parents, right? It does not say admire and enjoy your parents. And even it does not say obey your parents. Notice that. And all of the dads in the place get really sad, right? I tell my children that it says obey, though, so I lie to them. No. Uh, why not? Why, why not? Why does it not say those things? Because the, the truth of the matter is it doesn't say those things because some parents are not trustworthy, right? And it is necessary to withhold trust from them because trusting them and giving them your trust and affection would be not wise, Right? Some of you have been deeply wounded by your parents, and the healthiest posture for you to take is one of establishing firm boundaries, right? And not necessarily trusting them. Some parents are not the type of people that we want to admire and enjoy, right? And to do so, despite the reality of who they might be, is unwise and wrong. Wrong. It does not say obey your parents because there are some parents in the world that ought not to be obeyed, right? There are, seriously, there are some, there are some examples that certain parents give that are not examples that we should be following. 
Actually, if you're an adult, even, your primary orientation should, towards your parents should not be one of obedience, right? That's not what an adult child is called to give to a parent. You can take advice, you can seek counsel even, but as a child, but as an adult child, your primary responsibility to your parents is not obedience, right? My father was at my house the other day. We just purchased a house a month ago, and he was helping me work on a couple of things. We were hanging a TV and doing some other things, and he, and he was like looking to see where a stud was because we have plaster in our walls not, rather than drywall, and so it's hard to find the studs in the house, or I'm just bad at it. So, uh, so my dad was down on his hands and knees trying to find where a stud was looking in, a, uh, looking in an outlet cover. And I, I said something to him like, ah, I just don't think we should do that. And he looked at me and he said, I think we should do that, Nick. And I said, uh, okay. I just kind of gave in to him. And he looked at me and he said, Nick, I've been waiting for one of my sons to buy a house so that when I suggest something, they can look at me and go, Dad, it's not your house. And I said, I'm sorry I let you down. <laughs> and, I, and I listened to what you told me to do, right? My, our primary, as, adults, as adults, our primary orientation to our parents is not obedience, is it? You know, but, it, but rather, if we're, if we're looking to what the scriptures say about our primary orientation towards our parents, it is supposed to be honor, honor. And so what is honor? Honor in this passage is understood as a moral choice, a moral choice one makes. It has nothing to do really with our feelings. Honor is a moral choice. It is a choice to treat our parents with dignity and to have their long-term best interests in mind, to have their long-term best interests in mind. The Hebrew verb translated to honor here is kind of the opposite of cursing. So if you curse someone, the opposite of that curse would be to honor in the Hebrew. It means to treat rightly and to regard someone with having, as having great worth. To honor your parents is to will the best for them. And with that definition, you will probably not be surprised that this passage is not primarily directed at small children, at at children that are still in the home. It is directed at adult children, at adults. You can give a parent honor without trusting them, can't you? You can give a parent honor without coming under their authority even. So why is it important that we honor our parents? Why is it important that we honor our parents? Because some of you, like I said, might have, might have solid parental relationships in your lives. Others of you might not have that type of relationship. So why is it important? Why does God ask us to do this? Well, I think there's actually a few reasons behind it. it. Now, if you read this passage on its face, it would seem to be that the reason that you want to honor your parents is so that you can live to be 100, right? That's, that on the face of it is what, what the passage is saying. It's important that you honor your parents so that you live a long time. But actually, in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, Paul gives us a clue into why exactly it's important. Paul quotes this passage in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 through 4, and this is what he says. He says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And he adds a little bit, so that it may go well with you and so that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. And then he says this really important little thing. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. It actually, you know, 
your parents, who your parents are, has nothing actually, if this passage is correct, has nothing to do with whether you share DNA or not. Just because you have a similar shaped nose does not necessarily make you somebody apparent. Biblically, your father and your mother are the people who raised you. And, and, and biblically, adoptive parents are just as much parents as biological ones, all right? So why is it then that, that we need to honor our father and mother? What is it? So the first one is because it's right. God seems to say that there's a moral order to the universe, right? And that honoring your parents is something that is just functionally right, and we should do it because it's good for us, all right? So that's just one. It's good to just trust God when he says things are that that's the moral order of the universe, and that's what we need to do. So that's one. Number two, because your parents are not the people who brought you up. Uh, because your parents are the people, sorry, who brought you up and instructed you. Unless you were raised by wolves. I don't know. Uh, your parents are the ones who brought you up and instructed you. This is what Paul, this is what, uh, Paul, uh, sorry, what Paul says to the Ephesians in uh, verse 4 there. Because the, the parents' job or responsibility is to instruct. And because of their, that they, because they instructed you, because they brought you up, they are worthy of some honor. And probably most important, and I think this is the most important, if you don't learn how to honor your parents, it will not go well with you. It will not go well with you. Because a lack of honor for our parents is toxic. It's toxic, both to our hearts and to our community, and to the community at large. Remember, this commandment was directed at adult children primarily. And adult children were expected to take care of their parents when they grew old. There was no social safety net. And having uh, the long-term best interest in mind of your parents built a stable and loving society, right? If, there wasn't, if, if the children didn't have the long-term best interest of their parents in mind, then the society would kind of crumble at its, at its edges, and because parenthood is such a foundational relationship, if you can't learn to honor uh, your parents, you will never be free. You will never be free. And your conscience will eat you up. Your conscience will eat you up. See, this is where things get a little difficult because all of us have different relationships with our parents, right? Some of us are very close with our parents. Some of us uh, admire our parents. Some of us don't know our parents very well. Some of us have aloof parents. Some of us have engaged parents. Some of us have abusive parents. And so there's, there's this wide gamut of experience in this room about how we relate to this person called a mother or a father. And yet we are called to honor them, not just because they are worthy of it, not because they're worthy of it, because actually they aren't. They aren't. Every parent is flawed. We're called to honor them so that it will go well with us. It's slightly selfish because if you can't honor your parents, if you can't muster that type of honor, it will eat you up inside. It will, eat you up inside. it will eat you up inside, and your conscience will never be free. There is a way of loving your parents by honoring them that sets a person free, that sets a person free, and teaches them what it means to honor a, a, a true and good God, a true and good Father who is not partial. So practically speaking, just like practically speaking, how do we... 
I don't have the, the clock. Could I have my phone? I want to see what time it is. <laughs> I usually look up there to see what time it is, so I'm not running over. Pastor trick revealed. <laughs> so, so practically speaking, how do we love our parents? How do we love our, uh, sorry, how do we honor our parents? How do we honor our parents? And, and this is the question, right? This is the question that when we get down to brass tacks, if God commands us to do it and we need to do it, how do we do it? Because there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of things that arise with, with parenthood that make it difficult for us to communicate with them, right? Uh, if, you, if you have a strained relationship with your parents. So, so how do we do this? So um, just a quick uh, kind of run through. The, oh, honor looks different at different phases in one's life, all right? For children, so those at a young age, honor does primarily look like obedience, I think. I really do think it does. Uh, in the Ephesians passage right before where I quoted uh, in Ephesians 1, uh, Paul does say to children, he says, children honor your parents, or he says, children obey your parents, and then he talks about honor. And the reason he's doing that is because he's not addressing adult children, he's addressing young children in that passage. He's talking about the family relationship within the home because he then talks to fathers and says, raise them up and don't exasperate them, right? So, so for, for the young child, honor does look like obedience. Honor does look like obedience. And for those of us in this room who are parents, it is important that we instruct our children about what honor and obedience look like when they're young so that they have a framework for it as they get older. Does this make sense? Part of the reason I ask my children to obey me is not just because I'm way bigger and way stronger, because I am, and way smarter, way smarter than my kids. <laughs> the, the, reason I, the reason I ask them to obey me is because... Uh, that, that obedience teaches them uh, how to listen to God, partially, right? And I have a responsibility to instruct them and to teach them how to be obedient, how to listen, how to, how to trust authority, hopefully, if I'm a, trust, if I'm a slightly trustworthy authority. Those, these are important things that we teach our, teach our kids. And so when our children are little, it is important that we teach them obedience as, as a correlate to honor. For children who are growing up under their parents, uh, for... Uh, so that's for children, right? It's, it is primarily obedience. For, for children who are growing in the process out from under their parents, right? This is like late teens, probably early 20s in our culture even. As you're growing out from under your parents, uh, honor might look, and this might sound strange, like building healthy boundaries. Building healthy boundaries with your parents. This might sound strange, but I think it's really appropriate. And by building healthy boundaries, I mean getting a job and, <laughs> and not living in their basement is mostly what I mean. Um, because, no, because there is this element of as you grow away from your parents, honoring them is not uh, depending on them as though you were a little child, right? Honoring them is saying, you've raised me, you've, you've, uh, you've contributed to my life in such a way as to now I can go be an adult, a healthy, productive adult, right? And so mom... If you want to, and so sometimes we struggle with this on both, in both ends, right? Sometimes it's the kid who wants to just be a little child and be un, in under the authority of their parent. And I'm speaking to this region just because of age in this region a little bit. But uh, uh, sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a child who, of, of a parent who wants to kind of prolong their childness. And sometimes it's a parent who just like, I've got brownies. I'm on my way over, Right? 
and you got to say, no, mom, I don't need your brownies. I'm an adult man. I like tacos. <laughs> this is what you say. But, but learn, learning, right? Uh, some parents don't kick the bird out of the nest, right? And in our culture today, there is a kind of prolonged, there is a kind of prolonged adolescence that's occurring. And honoring your parents in, in our culture, there is a, as we transition into adulthood, there is a way in which we build healthy boundaries and begin to live into adulthood, even if we don't feel completely prepared. Does that make sense? Good. All right. So, uh, so sometimes, sometimes, and this is the tagline, if you're growing into adulthood, sometimes honor looks like leaving your house. It's getting out from under your parents, all right? So that's for those people transitioning into adulthood. So what, is it like, what does it look like for adults? I, what, what, does it, what does it really look like? And again, if you're older, right, if you're, if you're an adult person, honor doesn't necessarily look like obedience. It can. It can, it can look like uh, care and respect. It can look like uh, listening. Your, your parents should be a good advisor to you if they're a, if they're a trustworthy source. But the reality is, is that as we get older, uh, honor really does look like uh, the, wanting the best interest of our parents or, or desiring for the best interest of our parents. To, to make a moral choice to support them and to do what's best for them. And there is this transition that occurs in life, and I'm not in it now, but um, there's this transition that occurs in life when the child becomes the caretaker, right? We know this. We know this transition occurs. And there, there was a movement in Jesus' day of uh, children who didn't want to take responsibility for their parents. And so they would give all of the money that they would use to care for their parents to the temple so that they could forget about, so that they could forget about caring for their children. And they would say, well, I just gave the money to God. Sorry, mom and dad. Right? This, is, this was something that happened in Jesus' day. And they would, they would shirk the responsibility of honoring their parents by caring for them as they got older. And Jesus got quite mad at them for this. Quite mad at them for this. And said, you're, you're using religion as a screen to not care for people. To not do the basic thing that God calls you to do, which is love and care for people. And in our culture, I do think we need to, we need to pay careful attention to this reality. And careful attention to this reality. That, that w what we want for our parents is the best for them. And maybe the best, maybe we don't always have a concept of that. But as our, our as parents age, learning to care for them as best we can is an important, important thing. So, this all is, this all, it's all, you know, it all makes sense, right? These are the things I'm supposed to do. These are the, these are the regulations that, I'm, that, are, uh, that are supposed to happen. Nick, what if my parents are horrible human beings? What if I'm a phoenix rising from the ashes and I just kind of figured it out and they're, and, they're, and they're not the type of people that I want to love, care for, be around, support, honor in any such way? What if you're, what if you're in one of those uh, uh, relationships with your parents? How do, you, how do you go about honoring them? How do you go about honoring them in, in those situations? And in those situations, if you want me to be completely and utterly honest, I think honor looks like forgiveness. I think honor looks like forgiveness. And Joss, if you guys could come up. Because the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is that very, very often, 
in this world, in a broken world, in the broken world that we live in, that to, in order to honor our parents, in order to honor our parents, we first need to forgive them. We first need to forgive them, don't we? We, we need to, we need, we need to uh, let go of the kind of grudge that we carry in order to even get to the place where we're willing to have their best interests in mind. And the reason that honor very often, if you have a strained relationship with your parents, the very reason that honor might look like forgiveness is because your parents are not good people. They did not do good things to you. But if you carry that unforgiveness, if you, if you carry that for a long period of time, it will wreck you. It will wreck you. And you will carry it. This formative relationship that is the parental relationship, the one that is so deep down inside of your heart, if you, if you can't get to the place where you can forgive your parents for their uh, brokenness and sin, you're never going to be able to get to the point where you can actually look at your own self as a parent. And as a fairly new parent, this is becoming a reality for me, right? And I see all of the ways in which I am broken and fall short as a parent, right? And I think, gosh, when I'm, over, when I'm overly harsh or when, I, or when I make a snap judgment that is inaccurate or when I come down on somebody too hard, like... The, the thought really is, like, why, why is this child trusting me, right? Why did God give, allow me to have this kid? Because I don't really know if that was a wise decision, right? If you can't get to the place where you can forgive your parents, you'll never get to the place where you can forgive yourself as a parent. This is true. And if you can't forgive your parents for their brokenness and their, uh, their sin, then you'll never really be able to receive the forgiveness of Jesus for your own sins. And maybe, maybe it starts first with receiving this, the forgiveness of Jesus for your own sins and then moving that on down the line to your parents. Because forgiving our parents is the first step to honoring them. Because our parents are broken. And that's okay to say. That's okay to say. And as a parent, I, I, I just want to say as parents in the room we're broken right we're broken but yet god has put this commandment here not to make us feel bad about our brokenness not to make our kids do something necessarily that they, they don't want to do but because so that it will go well with us so that it will go well with us so we don't carry offense and uh, hurt pain throughout the course of our lives and allow that thing that, that, that our parents did probably weigh us down with in some way, shape, or form to, to control our lives in the future, but rather to lay that down, to extend the forgiveness that we were extended by Christ, and then to learn to honor our parents in such a way as to communicate their value and worth before God. This is what it means to honor your parents. If you can't honor and forgive your parents, will never live a free life and you will never be able to forgive your own brokenness when you become that parent. There is this cyclical thing that happens all the time in this life. The, 
and you see it more and more as you get older, but you become your parents in so many ways, right? When, as, as I parent my children, I just hear myself speaking like my father, to my, mostly to my son. And there is such joy in that at times, knowing that uh, I was given something in, in many ways that was very good. But occasionally I'm like, I'm becoming my father, right? You just, you're just, everybody's slightly scared of that. Uh, everybody's slightly scared of that. But the truth of the matter is, is if, we, if we don't deal with that fundamental relationship in our lives, if we don't deal with that core relationship in our lives, we'll never be able to step into freedom. You know, there's a, there's a move, there's an emphasis in our culture about family of origin, right? I don't know if you've ever done any of this in a class, but you, you have, draw a family tree and you, you draw weird dotted lines. You have a lot of colored pencils and you just, have, am I the only one that's ever done this? Anyways, uh, you draw dotted lines to all these relationships to determine whether they were a strained relationship or a healthy relationship or what have you. And that's good. It's good, it's good to dig through that stuff because it determines a lot of uh, how we can be free moving forward. But the truth of the matter is, is that uh, digging down to the core of those things will always reveal to us that we have, uh, we have to extend forgiveness to our parents. And so in the room today, here's what I want to do as we leave. Some of you might uh, have really healthy relationships with your parents, and that's great. And you're like, yeah, no problem. I honor them all the time, all the time. And I say, great, wonderful. But there, I, I am f- fully aware that in this room that there are people who probably, for th- th- this sounds hard, that there's a little bit of tension when I talk about this. And so I just want to pray with you this morning. I just want to pray with you this morning that you can learn to honor and forgive your parents, that you can forgive to love them in the practical sense, not necessarily in the emotional sense all the time, but in the practical sense. So you can learn to practically love your parents, even though they're flawed. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes together. And just so that I know, if you're, if you're in this place and you're saying, gosh, Nick, forgiving my parents is hard. I need God to help me with that process. If you just uh, slip up a hand, that would be good. I could, that's wonderful. Thank you. And I just want to pray for you this morning. Pray that God would help you to love and forgive your parents. That, they would, that God would help you to learn to honor them well so that you could have a free heart that serves and loves God. Father, we love you. And we pray this morning that you would help us all, help us all to honor our parents. That you would help us to see uh, just those nuanced little ways that maybe we could extend love, care, honor to our parents, even though they might not be people who deserve it all the time. Father, for those in this room specifically who might say, ah, oh, this relationship is a strained one. It's been difficult. It's, it's hard for me maybe to extend honor where, where honor is due. I just want to say, Holy Spirit, would you be with these people right now? Would you help them to uh, forgive and honor their parents so that they can have a free heart and so that they can move forward in their lives, not carrying those hurts, God, but rather stepping into the future that you have for them. Jesus, we love you and we honor you today. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. And we pray all of this in that name, Jesus, that is above every other amen and amen and amen all right well thank you for being at church today 
I'm sorry you're leaving far less caffeinated than you usually do, uh, but there's a Starbucks and it's open, so just go. Just go. So go today in the grace and in the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll see you next week.